The show you love with even more local news and more local talk. The voice of the valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's your host, Mike Douglas. And welcome to What's on Your Mind Friday on the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas with you. Always honored and privileged to serve as your personal concierge for conversation and lots of conversation this week. Wow, been an incredible week, hasn't it? Unbelievable. And uh, this morning, uh, we've been notified that the search warrant behind the FBI raid on former President Trump's home is now unsealed. If you remember, uh, A.G. Merrick Garland yesterday uh, said that he had uh, petitioned the court uh, to unseal that. Former President Donald Trump on his uh his social media said, yes, I, not only would I not oppose the release of the documents, I'm going to go a step further by encouraging the immediate release of those documents. Uh, Mr. Trump saying that the uh, FBI search of Mar-a-Lago was, quote, un-American, unwarranted, and unnecessary. So the, the warrant has been uh, unsealed. The affidavit, which provides the, the evidence uh, for the warrant or the rationale for the warrant has not been unsealed. And, of course, those are a lot of details uh, folks are very, very interested in. So according to uh, reports, uh, apparently, the uh, according to the Wall Street Journal, FBI agents removed about 11 sets of classified documents, including some reportedly marked as top secret, uh, according to uh, the search warrant they looked at uh, today. And so that that brings us to today. The, uh, the warrant has been unsealed. The FBI has uh, at least uh, 11 boxes of materials, and we'll see what comes of all that. I have been waiting for this phone call uh, all week. And I'm uh, always honored to introduce to you a former uh, retired FBI agent, Bob Deklinski. Now, I've and we've talked a lot about the uh, the profile, uh, the the reputation of the FBI this week. And I just want to say uh, before we begin this interview with Bob, I've known Bob probably 25 years or more. And uh, he, he is a man I know to be honest and a man of integrity. And so that's why I've been looking forward to having this interview with him today as a retired FBI agent to get his take on what happened uh, this uh, past Monday and to talk about the FBI in general. So with that, Bob Deklinski, welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show. Great to have you with us. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you so much. Uh, I always have a pleasure being with you. Bob, let's just start with your reaction as a retired FBI agent to what you saw go down on Monday in Mar-a-Lago. Well, um, start off with um, today in America, it's time, in my opinion, for all Americans, whether you are Republican, a Democrat, or an independent, to go to the polls and vote for the candidate who will turn the course of America. Because right now, there is an attempt to commit a political coup 
against a possible presidential candidate by the misuse of the FBI and Department of Justice as weapons. This is not about the rank and file, the hardworking men and women that I worked with when I was in the FBI, but it's a corruption at the top of the FBI and the Department of Justice. Now, in all my years as an FBI agent, this is not how we acquired or executed a search warrant. There are so many flaws in this matter that it's a disgrace that we would just misuse the Bureau and Department of Justice to go after one man. There is so much hate for Donald Trump that it's inexcusable to use these organizations as weapons. Bob, let's uh, let's talk about the j- just what went down. I, I want you to walk us through this. You obviously, over the many years you were an FBI agent, you participated, I'm sure, in the serving of a, a lot of uh, a lot of search warrants and such. First of all, let me ask you this. Uh, a lot of people are saying that that wasn't just an everyday uh, serving of a search warrant. That was a raid. Uh, would you use that word? Is that a word that, that you would use to characterize what happened on Monday? When you execute a search warrant, you're doing a raid. Uh, If you issue a subpoena, you're allowing the person to bring the records in uh, or let access to be reviewed. But this was a raid. And, in fact, very seldom did we ever have long guns, or an AF-15 or M-16 or whether, where you're standing out front. This is the president's house. He's not there. No one's going anywhere. There's Secret Service agents all over the place and around him. He can't go 10 feet without any of them around him. There was no threat to anybody, and to show such force was not proper and should never been used. In your experience, uh, talk us through very quickly what's required to get a warrant like that, Bob. What, what goes into that? What kind of details do you have to provide the judge, or in this case, a magistrate? Well, you're going to have to have an, what they call an affidavit. Uh, an FBI agent, uh, Secret Service agent, IRS agent, you have to put it into an affidavit. What's the justification for that warrant? And that's what we're missing right now. They've unsealed the warrant where you give a description of what was taken and itemized. But we need to see what is the basis for executing that warrant. And that's the biggest thing. And uh, at that point, we're really going to get to know a lot of details. Bob, was in, in, in your mind, was this an unusual approach to serving a warrant? It, it was. And, and in fact, in all my days in the FBI, we would never have done anything like that, nor the Department of Justice. And believe me, the president of the United States, Biden, do this. Okay, there's no way. Garland would have executed this without notifying somebody at the White House. Now, somebody at the White House may have known about it, but for deniability, they probably didn't tell him. But uh, there's no way somebody at the White House did not know this was going down. And uh, what we've been told is that the FBI was there back in June, early June, and they had talked. In fact, uh, former President Trump came and talked to them, and they talked about materials that were there. Recommended that uh, 
Donald Trump or his people put a, a lock, apparently, on uh, the room or, or the storage area where those were. And then on Monday, the FBI apparently broke that lock. Uh, a question that, that we all have, and I know that you weren't there, but at least in your experience, if the FBI had already been there, why was it necessary to come back with this type of show of force? Well, that's the thing, too. If, if you have access to everything, everybody is being cooperative, there's no reason why they just didn't take the other material, too. And that's the next question. Why didn't you take everything that was there when you were there the first time? And for them to put another lock on there, that's what's so confusing. If, if they saw top-secret material in there, you know, another lock ain't going to protect it. And so it just seems foolish to have two locks in there and you come back and you got to break both of them. So if they had seen it the first time, they had access to it, and they were able to take it, they should have taken it the first time they were there. Our guest is Bob Deklinski, a retired FBI agent. We're talking about the search warrant served on uh, former President Donald Trump's property at Mar-a-Lago on Monday. Bob, very quickly, as... Uh, if you were there as an FBI agent and and you saw what was going on, are, are you in a position to say anything to your supervisors or is this a situation where it's the chain of command and you just do what you're told? No, you got a cell phone. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and whenever there was something in doubt, I got on the phone. And everybody's got a cell phone. And so if there was any question about it, they should have got on the phone and made a decision right then and there. Again, we're talking with retired FBI agent Bob Deklinski. Again, lots of experience with the Federal Bureau of Investigation. We'll be back to Bob in just a couple of minutes. How about investigating this? Rising interest rates are slowing home price growth right now, but you can still get top dollar for your home right now with Dan Phipps. And maybe you want to move closer to work, but you think, I can't afford to do that? Well, then you should call the agent I trust. Call Dan Phipps. Dan guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours for full market value, or Dan will sell it for free. He'll maximize your sales price, putting you in complete control, even finding you a new home before you move. Carrie in Oakdale, very familiar with this process. Carrie was moving out of state for a job, needed to sell her property quickly to avoid having two mortgages, and Dan handled everything while she was away from staging to open houses. And in fact, he sold it in a few days for almost $50,000 more than expected. She says, Dan is the man. Well, I agree. Dan is the man, so call him, Dan Phipps. He's the man I recommend, and he guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours or it's sold free. Call Dan Phipps, 209-593-1111, or go to danphipps.com. That's Dan Phipps with three Ps, D-A-N-P-H-I-P-P-S.com. We'll be back with retired FBI agent Bob Deklinski in three minutes here on The Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. A with passion, a minister with manners. Now back to the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show on What's on Your Mind Friday here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Right now, we're finding out what's on the mind of retired FBI agent Bob Deklinski. 
Uh, Bob, just out of curiosity on, on a procedural note here, I would assume that the FBI, with all of its investigative resources, knew that Donald Trump was not at Mar-a-Lago. Under the circumstances, when you're serving a warrant, is it preferable to have uh, the, the, the person responsible for the property or the homeowner or whatever to have them not present? Or is it preferable to have them present? Or does it really make a difference? It really doesn't make a difference. But the guy can't go anywhere 10 feet without the Secret Service. So they waited until he was gone, and then they executed it. Because if he had been there, not only would it have been a fiasco in the sense that it already is, it would be twice a fiasco if he was in there standing there watching them execute a search warrant in his property. So they deliberately waited for him to leave. I think it's very interesting. I believe he was the one that broke the news on social media that the property had uh, been raided with a warrant. Uh, I'm I'm wondering was the was the strategy here? Do you think to try to do this very quietly under the radar screen, or do you think they anticipated the public would find out? Well, let's let's put the omen back on uh, Attorney General Garland in answer to your question. Garland proved that he's better at starting a fire than putting it out. Mm. And what he did is he started a forest fire, and he didn't anticipate that he was going to get the backlash on this. And he got exactly what he deserved. He and you probably saw the press conference that he, he almost he looked very nervous to me, and obviously didn't take any questions. I, I I'm wondering if he he regrets the approach that he took on this. He did, and if you'll notice in his press conference, he said he didn't want the integrity of the uh, FBI tainted. He didn't say anything about himself. There's mm-hmm. no question that the FBI agents. And the rank and file didn't do anything. The problem is at the top. And that's where it comes down where, in the end, Congress or the President of the United States, the new one, is going to have to remove Garland and Ray and clean house. Especially when you have the FBI director and and the attorney general targeting parents at PTA meetings. Gray and, I'm sorry, uh, Ray is just above his head in the FBI, and he really should step down. We're visiting with former FBI agent, retired FBI agent, Bob Deklinski. Bob, as we're, we're thinking about that, and, and you talked about clean, cleaning house, and I think a lot of people are saying something needs to be done. How far down do you have to go in the structure, do you think, to uh, cut away the, the toxicity uh, that's, that's in the uh, Bureau right now? Well, in the old days, uh, you know, I was in the Bureau in Hoover, so director and i served under seven other directors wow and the, the way the way we classified washington dc was we called it the seat of power mm-hmm. and everything is there everybody in washington field office and the headquarters is just across the street from each other so this is where it's all at and you got to start there it's not the men and the women on the field Bob Deklinski, our guest, again, retired FBI agent. Bob, let me ask you this on behalf of some people that may be wondering this, and that is uh, if if this can happen to the former president of the United States and a potential and probable candidate for president in 2024, 
And and especially now that apparently we're going to have 87,000 more IRS agents apparently armed on the loose as well. For the average person, Bob, what do you recommend? If, if, if we get a knock on the door and it's FBI or ATF or IRS, whatever it is, we have a search warrant, what do you recommend people to do at that point? Well, the first thing is you should be able to see the warrant, okay? Number two is um, if you feel any fear or anything like that, just comply or, and contact your attorney or just tell them, I would like to advise my attorney, please. But if they have that warrant, they can go in your house, and the best thing to do is just comply with their uh, their demands and uh, let them do their warrant, and then you can rectify it later on. But the main thing is stay calm. Just say, I'd like to talk to my attorney, and hopefully your attorney can come over if you have one. And uh, But there's not much what you can do once they've got that warrant. Absolutely. I think that's uh, that that's good advice to comply and uh, let the attorneys fight out the uh, the details later. Uh, friends, do you have a question? We have Bob for a few more minutes yet. Our phone number here, 209-551-3483. Any questions for Bob DeKlinsky as a retired FBI agent? 209-551-3483. Bob, one of the subjects that's being brought up a lot is how come the government handled Hillary Clinton one way with her secret email server and the destruction of uh, a lot of information? Why was she handled differently than Donald Trump is being? And this may be a rhetorical question, but in your mind, why is Donald Trump being handled differently than Hillary Clinton's case? Well, let's go back to to um, former director Comey before he got fired. When he did that investigation, he had a press conference and he outlined everything that was criminal. But then he said, not a logical or an attorney would want to prosecute this case. What the issue was is that the attorney general at the time allowed Comey to make the call. If Comey, if Comey had had any, any, how do you say gumption at all he would have just recommended for the prosecution because it was all there but the attorney general relinquished her responsibility and gave it to comey and that's how she got away with thirty thousand emails that were washed away and bleached i don't think there's any and 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 we've even played uh clips here on on this show from alan dershowitz Brilliant legal mind, and and by his own admission, he is a liberal Democrat. He is aghast at uh, the procedures that were involved here, and even he says this looks like it's just a using the FBI for political uh, political purposes. And uh, just very quickly, review in in your mind, Bob. What does the next president need to do to right the ship at the bureau? Well, the first thing is, is don't ask for a resignation. Fire the guy. He has disrespected the Bureau, disrespected the Americans and the Constitution. He's allowed the Attorney General to misuse the FBI for political purposes. And then it's up to him to make sure that the person that comes in as a new director has the gumption to clean house on down as far as he needs to go. 
Do you think that, and I know I'm, I'm just asking your opinion, do you think that was a major fault early on for Donald Trump when he became president, that there may be some people that he should have let go that, that he kept? I, in that aspect, I, I can't really make a call on that because he wasn't a political animal, and that was mm. his, his downfall. He wasn't a political animal. He was a businessman. But the thing is, what he did right for the country was the best. And, of course, he had to rely on friendships to make recommendations for him and everything. But the big thing, the biggest thing of all, is that the next president has to, you know, rethink in a point in such a way that whoever he brings on has a track record of cleaning house, and that's the way to do it. Absolutely. I, I agree with you on that. We have about 30 seconds left. Just very quickly, Bob, how do you think this ends, uh, this case with Donald Trump? They're going to drag his name through the mud more and more. New York's going to uh, do something about his taxes. Uh, it isn't going to stop. I would hope that he would announce for the presidency right now and move forward and let the people rally around him and let's go ahead and take this to to the very top and get him reelected and back on the right road as a, uh, a country again. Bob DeKlinski, retired FBI agent. Bob, thank you so much for your transparency today. Always enjoy visiting with you. And friends, we'll continue the discussion with you at 209-551-3483 when the Mike Douglas Show continues in five minutes here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Again, Bob, thanks for visiting with us. You're welcome. The Mike Douglas Show. Now, weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. He's got issues. Let's talk about it. The Mike Douglas Show on air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show on What's on Your Mind Friday. This is the day that we kick back a little bit and on Monday through Thursday, we like to keep the calls focused on in the lanes of the topics we're talking about. On Fridays, it's what's on your mind Friday. If there are things we haven't talked about that you would like to talk about, that's great. Today's the day to do it. Or if uh, you didn't get to weigh in on a topic that uh, we have discussed, again, this is the day to do it on What's on Your Mind Friday. Our phone number, as you probably know, 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. I have uh, held off on uh, a few sound bites here, and we have time to do it today. And before we, we leave the subject of this uh, search warrant, and such. I want to play some comments from Victor Davis Hansen, a man I highly respect, brilliant, brilliant uh, professor. He's from the Hoover Institution and one of, one of today's great thinkers, in my opinion, and he is a, a great communicator. He's, he's able to get his points across in a very calm but uh, direct manner. And I always uh, very interested in what he has to say. He was on, uh, let's see, well, it was on Fox with Will Kane on Tuesday, this past Tuesday, and he made some comments I want to bring to your attention, just to think about. 
and uh, mull over in your collective minds. Victor David Hansen, he gave his opinion of why the raid on Donald Trump's home in Florida occurred and where it's going to lead us. They believe they're morally superior to America and therefore any means necessary or justifiable for their morally superior ends. Right now, we don't have the rule of law in Washington. Whether you're targeted or exempt depends on your ideology. So in the past, when there was a, there was a dispute over the archives of presidential papers, Barack Obama just said, I'm not going to turn them over, the freedom of information. He spent $30 million resisting efforts to do that. George Bush had an executive order and said, you know what, I'm not going to do this. And that was adjudicated. And now we go after a president and go to his house with 30 agents. In the past, when uh, a high official was called for a congressional subpoena, Eric Holder just said, I'm not going, and I'm not turning over any of this fast and furious. The idea that you would put him in shackles or you'd confront him with his family and grab his phone is just ridiculous. But this is what we're doing on ideological basis. And when you start to do that, you don't have a democracy anymore. And I don't think we do. Isn't that interesting? He said, when we do things like this on an ideological basis versus the rule of law, and that means where justice is blind, Victor Davis Hanson suggests we no longer have a democracy or a, a republic. He also offered these thoughts about the January 6th committee. And there's, a, again, a lot, of, uh, a lot of thought that is this really about documents in Donald Trump's possession, or is this another way for the January 6th committee to make sure that Donald Trump is not fit to run for office in 2024. Uh, here's uh, Victor Davis Hanson offering some thoughts about the January 6th committee. This January 6th committee, Will, is sort of like a French Robespierre Committee on Public Safety. To be on that committee, you have to have one criteria, and you had to vote to impeach Donald Trump. If you're a Republican, there was one other qualification. You had to be politically inert with no future. And it was deductive. It started with the premise that we're going to destroy Donald Trump and then we're going to bring in witnesses and we're going to allow narratives to that end. There's going to be no cross-examination. There's going to be no disinterested counsel. We know that when Dick Cheney himself made a commercial and he bragged about his daughter that she was the one power that could stop Donald Trump. But that's not what her job is on that committee. It's to be disinterested. It's to be inductive. It's to find out what happened on January 6th, not start with a boast that you're going to destroy Donald Trump and make the witnesses and the testimony fit that. I I think he nailed it. I think he hit the nail on the head right there. By the way, just uh, for, and, and many of you may know this, but just to go back and hit the history and the historical reference here, when, when Victor Davis Hanson talked about uh, a Robespierre committee, uh, that dates back to the French Revolution. There was a well-known leader named Maximilien Francois de Robespierre, and he eventually uh, abused his power and orchestrated what was called a reign of terror, which was designed to silence opposing voices. So Victor Davis Hanson is, is drawing a, a parallel there. Uh, he then repeated his assessment of what needs to be done with the FBI, and we've heard this theme from him earlier in the week. I, I never thought I would say this, 
The FBI is beyond redemption. It, it's all of its bureaus and its institutions have to be farmed out and broken up. If you have a warrant, an FBI warrant, there's no guarantee that that has not been altered. Yeah, I, I agree, and I'm sad to say that. I think for many of us who are of a certain vintage, so we say, uh, growing up, my, my picture, my opinion of the FBI was really formed by Ephraim Zimbalist Jr., Right. Remember 77 Sunset Strip? Anybody remember that show or am I going too far back? And then, of course, uh, Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. also in, in uh, the FBI uh, back in those black and white days. I mean, that, that, that was how my picture of the FBI was formed as a child. And we are far afield from that today. And I appreciated uh, retired FBI agent Bob Deklinski and his transparency in saying that the fault right now really is with the leadership, and we need a president coming in in uh, out of the elections of 2024 who will be willing to fire people, not ask them to leave, not offer them a deal. Uh, here, we'll uh, give you you know such and such uh, retirement benefits if you'll resign. No, it, it's time to fire people. And in my opinion, if they have broken the law as criminal justice officials, if they have broken the law as members of the Department of Justice, if they have broken laws as members of the FBI, they need to be prosecuted. They do need to be prosecuted. This has to, and this is the only way it's going to stop. Otherwise, it's going to be a ping pong match. When the next Republicans perhaps are in control in 2024 of the White House as a result of the elections there, and uh, they they fire some people, and 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 then will will whoever it is deep to the low low lights of what's happening in the Biden administration and and use the FBI and the Department of Justice in improper ways. I hope not. I hope not, but if they do, then if the Democrats come back four years later and they have the presidency, then we're going to see them do this all over again. You see the terrible precedent this this uh, this creates. And basically, and let me use the, the metaphor, if you don't mind, we need to cut the head off the snake and uh, and do away with it. The, the poison, the toxicity, in the administration of the FBI, Department of Justice, and that starts with Merrick Garland, needs to be cut off. People need to be fired. Final comment here from Victor Davis Hanson. He rehearsed the the recent corrupt actions, I guess we could call it, of the FBI and national issues, including the legacies being left by the present director and the past three directors as well. If you subpoena and you want FBI records on phones with a Mueller, they will be wiped clean. If you want disinterested legal counsel, look at Lisa Page and Peter Strzok. If you're the FBI and you want to find out why Hillary Clinton has hired a foreign national to find dirt on a political opponent, then you will hire that same foreign national. And you look at the last four directors. We just saw Christopher Wray, and he just stonewalled every question, and then he flew on an FBI plane, our plane, a luxury jet, because he had to go to his own vacation spot. He took over, remember, from 
Andrew McCabe, what did he do? He lied four times to federal investigators, and his wife was running for an office with Clinton-related PAC money while he was investigating Hillary Clinton's email scandal. He took over from James Comey, who leaked confidential memos written on FBI devices to the media. And then when he was called before Congress on 245 occasions, he said he didn't know or didn't remember. Anybody listening to this tries out with the IRS and they're going to go to jail. And he took over from Robert Mueller, whose entire special counsel case was based on two premises. The information that was false in the Steele dossier and the shenanigans of the Clinton-hired GPS a disinformation firm. And when he was asked specifically, he said under oath he knew nothing about either entity. And so this is very ironic because all of this is destroying this country. And it comes from the people who warned us, democracy dies in darkness. And they have descended upon us the greatest cloud of autocracy and illiberality in the history of this republic. And uh, we're going to have that we're going to have to do something and hope and pray that the House is under new leadership. Which makes it very important, my friends, that we have as much information as possible, including looking at recent history. That is very important. We need to look for patterns. We need to look for incidents of hypocrisy. We need to look for the inconsistencies. And we're seeing a lot of that. Victor Davis Hanson just articulated that very well. When we're dealing with the rule of law, one of the things that destroys the rule of law is selective enforcement, meaning that we will only enforce the law against people we don't like or groups we don't like, but if it's our people that we do like, we will let it go. We will not enforce the law, or we will not... Uh, give them the maximum sentence. We we will give them as light a sentence as can be possibly levied. Selective enforcement. I encourage you to keep that principle in mind as we because we know that there are going to be legal battles over this. I do believe, and again, we talked to a retired FBI agent Bob Deklinski about this. I I do believe that Merrick Garland, our Attorney General of the United States, had a uh, miscalculated this whole thing. And I think the higher-ups at the FBI, and that stops at the desk of Christopher Wray, who promptly went on vacation after all of this, that, that's irresponsible. That is totally irresponsible. He needs to be around, and he needs to be taking authority, and he needs to be taking responsibility for what happened on Monday. And he's not. He's on vacation. That is just highly irresponsible. And so here, here we are left with this mess. And again, I encourage you to think about what do you see happening in terms of selective enforcement? And the other principle I would encourage you to think about is what I call, we call it here, the, the Douglas Law of Reverse Application. The Douglas Law of Reverse Application. And that means... I know there are some listeners who are very happy to see this happen to Donald Trump because they despise him and they hate him. And so they're they're rejoicing in this. All right, but let's apply the Douglas law of reverse application. What if this happens to Joe Biden 
if the Republicans take over the White House after the elections in 2024? What if the same thing is happening to Joe Biden or Kamala Harris? So we, what I'm seeing, and this is just my opinion, and we'll talk about it in a couple of minutes, what I'm seeing is an attitude of vengeance versus a desire for justice. I, I see runaway emotions versus a dedication to the rule of law. I see an elevation of politics over principle. And that leads us into what is commonly known as a banana republic. And that does not end well for you and me. Let's talk about it. Coming up in three minutes, our number 209-551-3483. 209-551-3483. We'll take your calls on what's on your mind Friday coming up in three minutes. Here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. With the big news of the day, here's more of the Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to What's on Your Mind Friday here on the Mike Douglas Show. Our telephone number 209-551-3483. Friday is our day to kick back a little bit. And although we talk about serious issues and and some that are a little more lighthearted on Fridays, we open the phones to find out what's on your mind. Our phone number 209-551-3483. Uh, there have been other headlines, by the way, besides the serving of the warrant upon Donald Trump's residence in Mar-a-Lago last Monday. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC NP, has released new COVID guidance that uh, that came out yesterday, and they're they're loosening recommendations. This is very, this is very interesting. Uh, here, here are bullet points that we're seeing uh, a lot of people quote today that uh, those exposed to the virus, to COVID-19, are lo- no longer required to quarantine. Unvaccinated people now have the same guidance as vaccinated people. Students can't. Students can stay in class after being exposed to the virus, and it's no longer recommended to screen those uh, without symptoms. So Axios is summarizing it this way. By the way, CDC now putting more emphasis on personal choices. Well, that would have been wonderful to have 18 to 24 months ago, wouldn't it? Weren't we all saying that this should be personal choices? Well, after putting, after pulling the United States of America's people through the keyhole and, and telling them they can't hold church services and they have to close down their businesses and they have to stand more than six feet uh, away from each other, blah, blah, blah. Now the CDC is saying, well, maybe not. Well, the damage is done, Dr. Walensky. Thank you very much. So unvaccinated people who are exposed to COVID apparently are no longer advised to quarantine for five days if they had not tested positive for the virus and are not showing symptoms. So the CDC is now suggesting, well, wear a high-quality mask for 10 days and get tested on day five. And that's the same rules for vaccinated individuals. 
And the agency is no longer emphasizing social distancing as a key method to reduce the risk of exposure. Huh. Wow. So remember when you were in stores, especially some of the larger chain stores, they actually had one-way streets in the aisles, and they had little arrows. You could only walk this direction in this aisle, that direction in that aisle, and they had little uh, stickers on the ground that, that showed you you had to stand this far away from the other person. I remember standing in line at a, at a, uh, a, a bank and I was standing outside, for goodness sakes, and we all had to be uh, six feet apart, and they wanted us to wear masks outside, and I said, now I'll wear mine when I get inside. Thank you very much. I'll enjoy the fresh air while I'm out here. You have no jurisdiction outdoors. Once I cross your threshold, I'll abide by your rules. But out here, I'm enjoying the fresh air. Uh, so apparently, now that's not a big deal anymore. Useless. Useless. The CDC has really become useless. And I used to hold it up, just like the FBI, as 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 this fount of great knowledge about communicable diseases and such and and that uh, when they cdc would issue an edict that it need to be needed to be taken with a very serious contemplation now now and this is the see this is the problem when we let this stuff go now my initial reaction to dr anthony fauci and to dr rochelle walensky of uh, of the cdc is I'm assuming they're lying. Isn't that terrible? Isn't that terrible? But I I have to do that because of history, because of their track record. I do not accept what they say as truth. I investigate it. Now, I may find that certain things are, are verifiable. Well, good. Then I'll abide by it. But at, at first blush, I am no longer taking anything that the CDC says, and certainly I'm not taking anything that Dr. Anthony Fauci says with even a grain of salt, not a grain of anything. It, it's sad that we have to be this way, but that's, that's the fault of our leadership in Washington, D.C. They didn't make their leaders toe the line. All right. We'll talk more about this and other subjects on What's On Your Mind Friday, 209-551-3483. Mike Douglas Show continues in five minutes on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The show you love, talking about the issues that are important to you. The Voice of the Valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now, every weekday from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here again is your host, Mike Douglas. And welcome to our number two of the Mike Douglas Show on What's On Your Mind Friday. Our phone number to tell us what's on your mind. 209-551-3483. 209-551-3483. Friday's our day to kick back a little bit. Monday through Thursday, we like to keep the phone calls in the lane of the topics we're talking about. On Fridays, though, we open it up. Want to know what's on your mind? 209 551 
3483. Uh, earlier today, we had an excellent interview with retired FBI agent Bob DeKlinsky. Uh, his take on the uh, warrant served at uh, the Mar-a-Lago home of Donald Trump earlier in the week. And uh, then we also heard some clips from Victor Davis Hansen. And uh, earlier in the week, uh, we also heard some uh, uh, wisdom from Alan Dershowitz as well, the great uh, professor, the constitutional expert and former professor of law at Harvard uh, University. Before we leave, uh, before I leave the FBI subject here, and you're welcome to bring it up on what's on your mind Friday, uh, but before I leave the subject, here are some interesting thoughts from Mark Levin. Of course, Mark Levin heard right here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV uh, weeknights at 7. He says, sorry, but the government, what the government is saying about seeking and executing this warrant doesn't cut it. He says the FBI was at President, uh, President Trump's home in June and had access to all those boxes. He says, wouldn't the FBI have known There was classified information at that time, either before they arrived at the home or during their search. The most sensitive national security documents are supposed to be tracked by the relevant agency or department. So he said, did they look when they were there in June? If so, didn't they see these documents? And if they did not look, why didn't they look? He says, if the FBI felt Trump lawyers were not cooperative, all they had to do is go to court, enforce their subpoena, or get a second subpoena. That's what a lot of us are saying. He says, instead, there was a two-month gap between the June meeting and the seeking execution of the search warrant earlier this week. Why was there a two-month gap if there was an urgent necessity for a search warrant? Why? wasn't a search warrant sought immediately. He says, once again, I make the argument that this was pretextual. By the way, we hear that word thrown out a lot these days, pretextual. Pretextual means a pretend reason, a a false reason. So he says, I make the argument that this was a pretend reason, pretextual for the purpose of grabbing anything they could find, using the Plain View Doctrine as an attempt to find anything related to January 6th, among other things. So, interesting thoughts uh, from Mark Levin. Again, you can hear uh, Mr. Levin weekdays, 7 o'clock here, right after Trevor Carey and John Giardi on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Heard a lot about uh, water these days, right? Governor Newsom is uh, saying that he uh, he has some water plans. Did you hear about this up at UC Davis? Officials uh, with UC Davis say over 20,000 fish at their Center for Aquatic Biology and Aquaculture have died. 20,000 fish. Uh, they're saying that they're investigating what happened. It's a catastrophic failure, they say. 20,000 fish? I guess so. Uh, The center holds fish species for researchers, regulatory agencies, and Native American tribes. And they say they recognize the devastation and they commit to understanding what happened so this doesn't happen again. Uh, I bet the fish would would appreciate that. That's a big hit 
for UC Davis. It is What's on Your Mind Friday, our telephone number, 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. Let's go to the phones. Lee from Modesto, welcome to the Mike Douglas Show today. Lee, what's on your mind today? I have a question for you, I Mike. I heard you mention uh uh, the CDC, I listened to all that, and I totally get it, that they they change as they learn new things, and maybe they just change. But you made the statement that they're lying, and I was wondering why you thought they were lying instead of giving new information. I'm just curious. Because the CDC needs to, in my mind, and this is my opinion only, support the narrative coming out of Washington, D.C., Uh, The CDC needs to be consistent with it. And there have been numerous, I think of uh, Dr. Marty McCary, uh, one one of the outstanding professors from uh, Yale University in their School of uh, Medicine and Epidemiology. Dr. McCary has been saying over and over again for a long time that masks aren't doing what they're supposed to do that the the uh, process of uh, quarantining uh, isn't working, that a lot of the things that the CDC was promoting and that Dr. Fauci were promoting uh, was, was not effective. And what's happened is a lot of those voices, like Dr. McCary, have been shut down. Uh, those that have been on Twitter have, uh, have been penalized. Those that have been on Facebook have been penalized. So... I, I think it, it, if it were just the fact that they had new information, I would agree. Lee, I would say, well, they just, and, and I'm all about that. If you get new information, you have a new opinion, that's great. The problem for me is this information has been out there almost from the get-go. And that's why I feel that uh-huh. it's intentional. I don't know if that answers your question or not, what, but that's why, my sense. What, what do you Excuse me. What do you think is the motivation then? If you think they're right, I'm just curious. I'm, I've been listening to every this yesterday and the people that have all the answers. So I want to know some of these answers. I mean, what do you think the motivation would be for them to lie to us? I think. Well, again, uh, the motivation is they need to be consistent with what's coming out of the White House and uh, from Dr. Anthony Fauci. It, it needs to fit the narrative. And I believe that's why they've stuck to their guns in, in, in the face of other opinions. To me, Lee, if the CDC had said, we recognize there are other opinions. Our recommendation is this, but we also recognize that well-known doctors are saying this. But they didn't do that. Uh, and especially Anthony Fauci and Dr. Burks, um, who's no longer associated with it, but she was involved early on basically yes, put down yes, right. uh you know and so that that's that's my angst over this is that i would have liked to have seen them say we acknowledge that they may be right and be, because the cdc wields a lot of power and i believe Lee, that that the cdc is way exceeding its scope of practice the cdc is there mm-hmm. to research epidemics and uh, to find ways to to stop them. The CDC should never be regulatory, and it has been moving that way. I would like to see it move back to 
uh, an advisory group, a, a research uh, uh, entity of government that says this is what we found regarding the epidemic versus this is what we say Americans have to do. That, that's, to me, outside their scope of practice. Okay, I got it. I just uh, it's just very interesting to listen to all the different people and uh, yesterday everybody had the answer for every single thing. Somebody even called Joe Biden senile. And uh, I don't think it's very helpful sometimes to do I mean, I have respect for everybody's opinion, but sometimes I don't think it's very helpful to say these things, but to each his own and blessings to you. <laughs> well, thank you, Lee. And I, I think well, the, let, take the call. well, yeah. And what's important is that we hear each other and that we listen to each other. Yes. And even if we yes. disagree, we don't have to be disagreeable. We can say, that's your opinion. This is mine. I'm listening to what you have to say. And I think that process is important, Lee, because oftentimes we can discover some nuggets yes. of truth in uh, in an ad- adversarial opinion that we had not seen before. So uh, I agree with you. It's important to have these con- conversations. Lee, thanks so much for the call. Lee from Modesto. I- we will continue with What's on Your Mind Friday. We'll be talking to David, Mode- uh, David in Modesto in three minutes right here on The Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. On air and online. Take the Mike Douglas Show with you with the iHeartRadio app. Search 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show on What's on Your Mind Friday. Our phone number 209-551-3483. 209-551-3483. Here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Let's find out what's on the mind of David from Modesto. Hi, David. Welcome on this Friday afternoon. Hi, Mike. Um, I'm wondering about the water problem of California, why our state government, our socialist, communist-loving Democrats never pass a law um, telling companies that put water in bottles and ship it overseas for profit. Why, if we're running out of water, how come they're allowed to do that? And how come they're allowed to ship water out of state? And people with swimming pools... I, I'm I'm not really in the swimming pools doing the backstrokes. Not that important. I'm not sure about every county, but I don't think in this county, I don't think our water is recycled when you drain a pool. Do you think that, Mike? Uh, are you talking about Stanislaus County? Yeah. yeah. You know, when you drain a pool at right. 41,000 gallons uh, or those big pools that in shape, where you go work out and there and there's like a hundred gallons of, of water there and they drain them. Yeah, Do you think I, all that is recycled. I I don't know about the uh, commercial swimming pools and such. I don't think that has to happen for residences. Uh, I do know that, for example, uh, car washes, and and I believe this is the case, have to have uh, some way to recycle the water and such. But, David, uh, my, my sense is there's a bigger problem. And to be honest with you, it's not just the Democrat. The, the, there have been go, uh, Republican governors who have been 
lax on this as well. Our, our leaders have kicked this can down the road for decades and not dealt with it. And we need some leaders in California who are willing to say water is a huge priority. I, I have had conversations with uh, experts on water, both nationally and, and here in the state, and almost to a person, what they tell me is, yes, we will have droughts, but there's no reason we should have a lack of water during the droughts because of our ability to create water-saving uh, methods, the infrastructure that's necessary, and recycling things, desalination plants, etc. And so, David, I, to me, my, my sense is it's just uh, a, an unwillingness to address the issue, and, and so I think we as the public need to make it very clear to the people that we elect, regardless of which side of the aisle they're on, you must do something about this or you don't get our vote. Okay. I'd just like to say for all you people with, with large swimming pools that hold almost 50,000 gallons of, of water, when you waste it, shame on you. Thanks for listening, Mike. Uh, all right, David. Thanks for your call. Appreciate that. What's on your mind Friday, 209 551 and back to the phones now to Bob and Modesto. Hi, Bob. Welcome to the show today. Hey, thanks for taking me on today. I appreciate it. I got a couple things. Uh, the water issue, uh, just what you said a second ago, they've been kicking the can down the road for so long. I don't remember if it was 84 or 86 was the last time they made a reservoir, to, uh, water storage. I mean, the state's population has how many times overgrown? Um and we, the Democrats, Republicans, everybody, where, where's the leadership? Where, where's the common sense? You know, everybody talks science. Oh, science this and science that. Well, common sense, let alone science, you, you, the numbers don't add up. Um, so there's that problem. Uh, did you see the article where the UN said that there, we're almost in a problem if Lake Mead goes below the last uh, turbine, yep. that they're going to lose electricity in Arizona? Right. The UN is saying it, but why aren't why isn't our local news stations besides you saying it? Well, and the, so yes, thank you. Uh, and Bob, so, go ahead. <laughs> well, no, finish your thought, and and then I'll I'll give you a reaction here. Well, go ahead on your reaction because I have a completely different topic I want to bring up once you're done. Okay, very 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 quickly, I think one of the problems uh, that we have in dealing with this are the draconian environmental laws. Uh, you know, the, and, and I'm all for the inv protecting the environment, believe me. Uh, you know, but to, to the point of creating drought situations where we, we can't do reasonable common sense things are, are way over the line environmental laws, I think, are restricting us. And I think those need to be changed as a prelude uh, to making any progress. So uh, I'll give you the last thought there, Bob, on your on your next point. Alameda County just passed a law. You can no longer rope a calf. You cannot wear spurs. You cannot do anything. So basically, Alameda County will not have rodeos anymore. So here's the question. They got time to deal with this crap, but they got some of the worst homeless problems in the nation. And so that's a perfect example going back to the water, going back to everything in our state. You're worrying about a 140-year-old tradition, but you're not dealing with your homeless problems and, and, and all these other stuff. So, 
Hey, I appreciate you. Thanks for taking my call. Wow, Bob. Thanks for that news item. I'm going to have to check into that. That's frustrating. That is really, and, and it, it speaks to not dealing with the real stuff because the real stuff is hard to deal with. But it's easy to do the, the low-hanging fruit, so to speak. You know, we'll, we'll pick the things that, that will please a, a certain populace. And this is, where, this is where this identity politics comes into play. Pleasing a certain uh, segment of the population and, uh, again, elevating politics over principle. Here in California, a lot of this state is a desert. And, and I, every time that I see a new housing development go up, I'm thinking, wow, what? so we're going to have all these new people taking more water out of the system at a time that we have a drought. Does that make any sense to you, or am I just not seeing this clearly? Am I, no pun intended, am I all wet with this? Or do you think that's illogical, that we continue to build uh, residential areas, we continue to uh, build uh, industrial, and I'm all for building industrial areas, I'm all for new housing, but not when we haven't prepared the infrastructure in advance to handle that. This just makes absolutely no sense to me, none at all. And we're really doing a disservice. What what we're saying is to the uh, to the people five ten, well, maybe not even five or ten years down the line. Now we're saying uh, we we are going to grab the bucks from the developers. We're going to grab the development fees. We're going to grab the the new uh, taxes from all the people that are coming in there. We see the benefit here. And so we're going to grab all that public benefit and ignore the water issue and not talk about it. And, and maybe maybe the public won't, uh, won't think about it. I am perplexed by this whole water issue. There is absolutely no reason why we should not have sufficient water. And it's because, and again, I'm not faulting any political party here. Both parties have kicked this can way down the line way too long. All right, it's What's on Your Mind Friday. Let's go very quickly to Waterford and Wendell. Hi, Wendell. What's on your mind today? Well, sir, about uh, 30-some years ago, I joined the Stanislaw chapter of the John Birch Society, and my eyes were opened as far as what's going on here. And at that time, I picked up a book called The Naked Communist that was written in 1960 by Cleon Skousen. It's in so- several post-printing since then, but it's still really, really relevant. His expertise is, was in the communist movement to take over the United States and the world. But one of the things in the uh, in agenda of the 50 things in the agenda, which was uh, promote homosexuality as normal and healthy, to, of course, take her out of school and take over the unions. But uh, uh, one of their also plans was to discredit the FBI. And isn't that apropos right now? Have they not discredited the FBI? Before I lose you, I just have to tell you, I picked up a couple of books recently at uh, Rasputin's. One is uh, The Life and Times of uh, Randolph Hearst. And it kind of dovetails with the book that I picked up on Joseph McCarthy, 
Both of those gentlemen were friends. You would never know it. The media seems to always blackball Joseph McCarthy. Well, what, Wendell, I, I got to run. The computer's kicking me out. Thanks for the call. We're back in okay. five minutes. Thanks for the call, Wendell. Mike Douglas Show, Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Take the Mike Douglas Show with you every weekday from 3 till 5. Download the free iHeartRadio app and follow 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show on What's On Your Mind Friday. Uh, To let us know what's on your mind, here's the phone number. 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483, and let's go to the phones up uh, the road of peace to Manteca and Mike. Hi, Mike. What's on your mind today? Hi, Mike. Thanks for taking my call. I just wanted to chime in because I was listening about the water conversation, and just in case uh, people don't know... Water distribution. I'm sorry, I got my granddaughter here. <laughs> okay, be quiet. I, um, I uh, the the water distribution in California is uh, divided up by agriculture, urban, and environmental. And 50% of all the water in California that's being saved, distributed, moved around the the state is uh, is environmental. 40% of it is agricultural. And only 10% of it is urban use. And every time we talk about a drought and a water shortage, we're constantly being asked to not water our lawns. You have to have dry lawns, uh, take shorter showers, be dirty, brush your teeth a certain way, and all that kind of stuff. And I'm just wondering, when you're looking at the statistics of it, why always it's the people who are living in the urban 10% are always asked to conserve where there's never any conceding within with when it comes to environmental. That was my comment. Yeah, Mike, I, I think that's an excellent point. And it, it, looking at the stats that you just provided, I, I think it's well worth to think about the fact that when we're, when we say, well, I want you to water less, you can only water between these hours. You know, how, how much of an impact does that really have? Um, when you look at, it needs to be looked at, uh, and I think this is uh, aligning with your thoughts here, that we need to take a 36,000-foot look at this versus just compartmentalizing it and say, what do we, what do we need to do across uh, agricultural policy, urban policies, and environmental policies? Uh, what, do you have any thoughts on how we solve this and in any way to begin to crack this nut so to speak well i think i think the priorities need to be just like you said it needs to be an overview look of it and and a, a lot of a lot of the, the farmers will get starved out of water or they'll make water more valuable and increase the rates that farmers have and it it affects the crops it affects all that i i just think that they need to shift the balance a bit on how much is going to one cause or the other, you know, is it really, is it really necessary to put, you know, 50% of it into environmental rather than, you know, what's sustaining the state, you know, 40% agriculture. I I would think that that would be the one that should be the higher priority. I just, 
my thoughts anyway. Well, and, and Mike, you're thinking very deeply about this, and that may, <laughs> that may be why Sacramento is not dealing with it. It does require deep thought, and it's going to require getting a buy-off across uh, several strata of our society. That's a hard thing to do, and maybe they're just not willing to do it. What do you think? Yeah, and, and the viaducts that were built are, uh, you know, supplying the farmers out here in the Central Valley, especially, were put back in the 60s by, by Ronald Reagan or even before Ronald Reagan when they started building the viaducts and moving water through this yeah. area where it was just a desert before that. But it provided jobs, it provided homes, it provided, you know, and the, the growth factor is, you know, it's legitimate. But if only 10% of the total water that's available, I heard somebody say one time, too, and I'll just throw this out there, that there's enough water in Lake Tahoe to supply the Central Valley, and it comes by way of the American River, to supply the Central Valley for over 100 years. And then uh, if that runs out, and it's underground fed as well, and, it, and the and Olympia is up there, too, and that has plenty of water supply, yet we don't want to touch that, you know, for for maybe saving fish? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, great point, Mike. And, I, and I, I hope discussions like this will prompt our officials to do the hard thing, to do the hard work and look beyond the next election cycle and say, what can I do really to invest in the future of California? Mike, thanks for the call. Good, knowledgeable information there. Uh, appreciate you adding to what's on your mind Friday here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. By the way, speaking of that, as Mike brought up the whole issues of, of water, uh, did you know that there's a pilot program in Stanislaus County that offers technology uh, to turn air into drinking water? It's very interesting, and I haven't delved into this too deeply, but uh, apparently uh, the problem is nitrates are finding their way into uh, the groundwater into the well water for those. And there's a lot of people in, in our County here in Stanislaus who are on wells and these chemicals, these nitrates often found in fertilizer and such, or, or wastewater from treatment plants, these chemicals are starting to seep into the well water. And so there is an organization called the central Valley regional water control board. Central Valley Regional Water Control Board, and its job, it says, is to protect residents from these chemicals. And so one of the problems is in parts of Stanislaus County, they've not been too successful in that. So they're coming up with some temporary solution uh, solutions, and one of them is if you're in a certain area that you can have your water, if you're on a well, tested for free. And uh, if, if you have high nitrates and you qualify uh, for the program, uh, you can be provided with some free bottled water, which will help to a, a certain extent. But there, there are these panels, and this is a long-term solution, panels that condense hu uh, humidity, and it basically turns air into drinking water. And it can provide apparently 10 gallons of drinking water a day. And they've uh, they have some beta testing sites. There's one lady in in uh, series apparently uh, with her grandchildren, and she says the technology has uh, freed her from having to worry about whether her grandkids are drinking contaminated water. 
So apparently there are 280 homes in Stanislaus County that may be eligible for the new technology. And so I'm, I'm going to give you a website if you're on a well and you have to look at the map that they have there to see if you're in uh, the area that will qualify for this program. Go to valleywaterc.org. Uh, it's the letter C, valleywaterc.org. All the information is there. I've taken a look at it. It's a fairly simple process to find out if if you're qualified for this. Again, this is for those folks that may be on wells and may or may not know if their well water is contaminated or not. Uh, so again, if you're interested in that, you're on a well, yeah, might take a look at it. Again, it's valleywaterc.org. That's the letter C, valleywaterc.org. C. org. Well, to lighten things up a bit here on What's on Your Mind Friday, maybe this is not such a light thing, but I'll tell you about it because I have done hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of funerals and memorial services over the years as a community pastor. Apparently in Richmond on August 6th, not too long ago, a brawl broke out at a funeral uh, with up to 20 family members involved during a funeral for an elderly woman in Richmond. And it led to one injury and arrest, and they're estimating about $20,000 in damage to the cemetery grounds. Can you believe this? Uh, officials from the police department there say uh, it started out because a brother and sister got into it, about their mother's funeral. They didn't get along, and apparently this not getting along goes back many years. So the brother and sister were getting into an argument, and the uh, sister's boyfriend comes over and said, look, let's walk away, just disconnect. Well, then they say the brother started beating on the boyfriend, and that's when it escalated. It became a brawl, and the police department started to get calls. And so at some point during this brawl at the cemetery during a funeral, the brother got into a vehicle and was going to drive over his sister. Can you? uh, This is unbelievable. They're saying that he attempted to drive toward his sister in an aggressive way, I would guess a threatening way, but instead he struck another female with his vehicle sent her to the hospital, fortunately, with non-life-threatening injuries. And so this brother in the car trying to run his sister over accidentally ran a different lady over. He damaged the grass. He knocked over and damaged headstones and vases. He broke a water main and that, that then ejected. Talk about wasting water. Thinking of Mike from Manteca there, I think was the call. Ejected copious amounts of water and flooded the funeral plot. Now here's, here's, here's the coup de grace. The driver also apparently knocked over the casket. But they say the body didn't fall out. Well, that's, that's I don't know if you're aware of there's a process there of sealing the casket and and uh, they have a way of locking it so i'm not surprised by that but can you imagine that i've I, i've had i've had funerals where in fact i could write a book 
that would be very entertaining about funerals. In fact, I think it might be a bestseller just to make people smile and and make them think about the human condition. The problem is I'm sure I would be sued. Uh, even if I changed the names and all of that, people would say, oh, that was my relative, and so I'm not writing that book. But uh, things happen, and and it's amazing. Well, you know, 90% of the services that I have done uh, people behave themselves, but there are some where families get into it, and you can feel the iciness uh, out on the on the uh, cemetery grounds or or in the the chapel. And then there are those. I, I'll just tell you. I won't say when it was, where it was, but <laughs> there was an issue where a uh, a brother and a sister got into it over. Uh, a relative, and I can't remember whether it was a brother or a father, but, but anyway, it was a relative. And the brother wanted the relative who was dead in, in, in the open casket, he wanted him to wear a baseball hat. And the sister said, no, no, he's going to be in a suit and tie. The brother said, no, he always wore a baseball hat. Well, the sister was the one who was in charge. And so when I arrived there, everything was going fine, and and uh, the man, the uh, casket was open, and the deceased was in a nice uh, coat and tie. Believe it or not, the brother walks in with a baseball cap, walks up to the casket, undoes the tie off of the corpse, loosens the tie, and then puts a baseball cap on the deceased right there in front of everyone. It did not go well, and the service basically didn't start until the sister demanded that her brother be ejected and leave the service, and she took the baseball cap cap off and had the staff uh, tighten the tie again. Have you ever, probably not, it's a rhetorical question, have you ever tried, tried to put a tie back on to a corpse in a casket? Absolutely. Now, where else are you going to get stories like this but on the Mike Douglas Show? I'm so happy you're here. It's what's on your mind. That flitted through my mind. Just thought I'd share it with you. Uh, It's what's on your mind Friday on the Mike Douglas Show. Our number, 209-551-3483. We'll find out what's on your mind coming up in three minutes. Again, here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. You're listening to The Mike Douglas Show, the voice of the valley. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to The Mike Douglas Show on What's On Your Mind Friday, our phone number 209-551-3483. Let's go back to the phones and find out, Ryan from Oakdale, what's on your mind today? Hello, Mr. Douglas. It's a pleasure to speak with you. Um, One thing I want to mention is the environmentalists in this state is destroying the state of California. And that is not an understatement, the least. But there was a bill that was recently passed here in the state of California called AB1276, um, which I've seen, you've probably all seen it, where you have to ask for utensils and condiments and whatnot when you go to drive-thrus. Right. That bill was originally supposed to be only for districts that involved airports in the state of California. Now the environmentalists crank that up saying that, oh, it's for the environment and yada, 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 all, all that stuff. So now we, we have these extremists that want to protect uh, wildlife, and I, and I understand that to an extent. I am a Democrat. Um, but 
it just seems my party is just going so far socialist that it's just it's getting to a point now that I feel like other Democrats are even saying we need to stand up and speak out against this garbage because it's destroying our and I do not agree with how Gavin Newsom is handling the water situation. We need way more, I think, in my opinion, we need to take care of our agriculture. But the problem is with the Democrat Party, they feel that agriculture is the problem that causes all this global warming garbage. And it's, it's just absolutely ridiculous. It's a war on agriculture. This whole thing is, I, I think, by design. Food shortages, by design. We have truck drivers that can't get food to certain places. I have friends that work at OID, and they were telling me that they can't get water to certain ranches. So it's just, it shows, I, I, I just feel like all this, what we're seeing is by design. And we have to, we have to speak out against it. Ryan, thank you. Very, very interesting call, Ryan. You make some some salient points there. I think one of the issues that, that I really feel we're dealing with today, Ryan, is many of the issues now are way beyond politics. It's not about being a Democrat. It's not about being a Republican or an Independent or whatever you might be. It's about common sense and dealing with issues that we all have to deal with. And I, I think one of the problems is common sense has been thrown out the window and uh, I, I agree with you let's let's buckle down and look at the issues that we share concern about and, and let's band together and do some common sense uh, solutions don't you think absolutely absolutely i cannot agree with you more all right ryan thanks so much for the call ryan from oakdale some uh, some great points there uh mike douglas show on what's on your mind friday let's go very quickly to vernalis and uh, Leia. welcome to the mike douglas show what's on your mind yes um thank you and thank you for doing what you do and the thing is is that scott peterson is having another trial apparently because one of his jurors was um, domestically hurt and was pregnant at the time. And um, Mr. Garland, he has verbally said that he doesn't care for Mr. Trump. And then the person that he works for really, really doesn't like him. So wouldn't he need to excuse himself from this whole ordeal? Okay, I think we've got two issues going there. Let, let me address the first one uh, about Scott Peterson. Leah, this, this is, there's always an upside and a downside pretty much to anything. There, there's always, a friend of mine named John says, there's always two sides to the pancake, Mike. Well, he's, he's right. Two sides to the rule of law. The rule of law is a, a double-edged sword. And the problem is when we have hiccups, in the uh, w- what's mandated by the rule of law, then we have to deal with things that that we not would not really want to deal with. So the problem is this juror is being accused by Scott Peterson's team. Scott Peterson's team, the juror in question, is being accused of falsifying her application to be a juror. And they felt that because of that falsification, because she uh, she had been pregnant, because she had been abused, apparently, that she would have a an automatic aversion to Scott Peterson and being uh, and be unable to give him a fair trial. Uh, so the problem there is the hiccup. And it's going to be up to the judge and the jury now in this hearing to say, yes, we feel that she was so prejudiced 
in her conduct, and she did, whether she did it on purpose or did it accidentally, just didn't remember, whether she just didn't fill the form out correctly or she intentionally misled uh, the, the court on that form to be a juror, that his whole conviction may be overturned. And we may see a, a new trial, and and Leia, that that's that's part of the double-edged sword of the rule of law. Leia, thank you so much for the call. Appreciate that very much, and I appreciate you, my friends. Thank you so much for participating in what's on your mind Friday here on the Mike Douglas Show. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Thank you so much for being willing to discuss these issues together. That's a powerful thing. That's why we're live and local, and. We will be back on Monday at 3 p.m. for the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Have a great, blessed, wonderful weekend. I'll see you back on Monday. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.